You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, John Non, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and, of course, where they are now. So, what is happening, y'all? I hope everybody has been having a fantastic day and a phenomenal week so far. Um, there's so many different stuff that I want to talk about today on the show. First of all, I'll just go with some of my observations. First of all, uh, I believe this is the second week of school for university students out there. So shout out to all of y'all who are uh, listening to the show via CFRU 93.3 FM. And you do happen to be uh, a new student or you happen to be coming back to campus for more in-person classes. Shout out to you. Respect you a lot, a lot, a lot. And uh, it's just wonderful to see our campus uh, be brought back to life once again. Um, so shout out to all you fellow Griffins out there. And uh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And you know what? It's actually kind of surreal um, because my friend and I, shout out to my friend Julia, uh, we were actually doing a campus walk to go grab some drinks at the university center. And uh, it was crazy because we kept saying to each other, it feels like we know no one. <laughs> you know, it's just, I feel like it's just part of that grad school life. And, uh, you know, every person that you see, it's just a fresh face. Um, you know, believe it or not, it's just part of life. But nonetheless, it feels amazing to have wonderful students back on campus. Okay, so that's that. Um, another thing. So, yes, we were absent last week. Ah, you probably think I know you I know you guys miss me. I know y'all miss me. But here we are. We're back with a brand new episode and it's going to be a very, very hot episode. But uh, I'll just reiterate as to why we did not have a episode last week. So your girl right here was actually on a scientific conference to present her scientific work as a PhD student. And so, yeah, it was really fun. We went to Winnipeg. It was for the International Society for Heart Research. And uh, it was a blast. Uh, I got to network with so many phenomenal people, so many phenomenal scientists. Uh, learned so much, just soaked in so much uh, cardiovascular knowledge. And it was a beautiful time, a fabulous time. Um, <laughs> so this is very interesting because, you know, when you go to a scientific conference, you don't necessarily expect people to like you go in with the aim to network and connect on common scientific I guess, fields or just like, you know, at least those are the the initial points of conversation that you have with people. But sometimes, you know, if you're lucky enough, you do get to talk to people on a deeper level and you get to talk to them about their their personal interests and what they do outside of work. You know, what really brings or like defines those people outside of science. And I'm very happy to say that I had the opportunity to network with, excuse me, network with so many phenomenal people uh, who, you know, we connected on a deeper level. And interestingly enough, um, we actually had a common interest in combat sports, ah, which is, you know, uh, not that surprising. I feel like in this day and age, because I feel like combat sports are, I mean, they've always been very popular, but I feel like they're becoming more uh, popular even with the emergence of mixed martial arts and whatnot 
So, okay, I really do want to give shout outs to the people that we connected on, on or, you know, on the specific level. So shout out to Fatima. Unfortunately, I forget her last name, but we literally uh, met on the last day of the conference. And, uh, you know, all, all, sci- all awesome scientific talks aside, we started talking about, you know, what are your hobbies, blah, blah, blah. And of course, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind to tell people who don't really know me is, yeah, you know, I just I, I kind of have a quote unquote side hustle. I have a sports team podcast uh, or slash radio show and people are immediately intrigued and they're like, whoa, what is it about? And if they have a remote interest in combat sports, you know, we'll literally just keep talking until the next morning kind of thing. So shout out to Fatima. She was telling me that she and her partner are avid combat sports uh, fans and they watch every sport or every event uh, very religiously. So I just thought I should give her a shout out here as well. And uh, yeah, some of the other people that I also connected with at the conference, you know, like we connected on LinkedIn and on my LinkedIn, uh, other than me saying that I am a grad student, it also says that I'm a radio host, which I guess throws people off a little bit if they don't if they don't know that about me. And so um, I, I'm not going to. I, I am indirectly giving a shout out to this person as well. However, I don't know if they'll be comfortable with me explicitly saying their name here on the show. But uh, yeah, one of the props that I, I connected with on LinkedIn, uh, I'll, I'll give you like a brief um, uh, background information session thing. So this person, we uh, we met when I was doing my poster presentation and they were very useful in the tips and the details that they were giving me about my project. So we connected wonderfully on a scientific level and then we later connected on LinkedIn and uh, this person was like, radio host, right? Radio host, interesting. And I was like, yeah, you know, thank you. Ah, you know, I, <laughs> yes, I, I host a sports team show on the radio. It's also in podcast form. And they said, you're multi-talented. It was like, mm, okay, I cannot take compliments very well, but thank you. Uh, but yeah, so it's wonderful that people do have those interests, you know, and you'll never know until you actually sit down and talk to these people. Right. So I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity that I had to go out and talk to these phenomenal people and to get to know them on a deeper level. But I guess that was my trip in a nutshell. I mean, <laughs> if you want more details about the trip, you know, you can you can shoot me some DMs and maybe we can go out for some drinks and I'll, you know, just like some interesting trip um, trip uh, memories, you know, just just which is the case and is very natural with every trip that one makes, you know, it's just like from all the airplane stories and you know what have you like hotel stories. Ah, anyways. That is definitely beyond the scope of this episode and the show. But listen, listen, a lot (laughs) took place when I was gone and I was literally counting down days until I could sit down and do TKO this very moment because this past weekend, let me start with past weekend, the past weekend, that's just, we had the best UFC pay-per-view card um, and the most controversial one, I should say. So we had UFC 279 happening, which a lot went down and I'm going to be talking about it in more detail today. So originally we're supposed to have Hamza Chamaya fighting off against Nate Diaz for the main event, but then some stuff happened. There was a reorganization of the fight card. I'm going to be talking about that in, in, in uh, more detail in a few minutes, but I also want to say that this upcoming weekend, I'm so happy 
that um, I actually got back to Guelph to record this episode on time for this specific uh, fight that I'm going to be telling you about. The boxing fight, the anticipated trilogy fight between Gennady Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez. So I believe I briefly gave you a heads up last time on our uh, last episode about this fight. But uh, today, if we have enough time, I'm really excited to, to sit down and actually thoroughly break down this fight for y'all so that's pretty much what we have lined up for today UFC 279 shenanigans and Gennady Golovkin versus Canelo Alvarez fight breakdown I'm so excited to talk about those today but before we get started with today's content uh, I do have to put out a disclaimer and I do want to say this thing so it is with great sorrow that I have to announce that we recently lost a Beloved uh, Canadian mixed martial artist, uh, Elias Theodoro, who used to fight for the UFC and uh, he had a phenomenal record. He uh, I believe he also fought in other organizations uh, and he was also he he broke the norms in the world of mixed martial arts because he was actually. You know how we have ring girls for combat sports events? So Elias Theodora volunteered himself to be a ring boy for the Invicta organization, which is a all-women's MMA organization. And unfortunately, we were uh, notified the other day that Elias Theodoro had passed away uh, because of a severe case of metastasized liver cancer. And this honestly broke my heart. Um, and... Um, it just hits so close to home because I know that Elias Theodoro, he even used to come to Guelph, Ontario to train with the varsity wrestling team here on campus. Um, and he was very he was very much loved in the in the fighting community. And he was also very much involved in different local fight communities as well. And I believe that um, when, when actually when I was just starting out TKO, I almost had him on the show, but unfortunately, you know, things didn't work out. I guess it just wasn't meant to be, but to, to hear the news about his passing, it was just heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking, and uh, I still cannot believe it, but I really wanted to put out this announcement today to say, first of all, rest in peace to Elias Theodoro, uh, who will always be in our thoughts and uh, we'll always remember him for the phenomenal person that he was both inside and outside the octagon and the, and the fighting ring. I mean, you know, when you think about it, he wasn't just a professional MMA fighter. He was literally a fighter in his personal right, in his, excuse me, personal life. He was fighting cancer and, um, he fought until the very last minute and he did not give up. And um, we're, we're very, as, as an entire MMA community, we're very proud of everything that he had accomplished to date. Um, he had accomplished so much. Um, even though he was very young, he was only 34 years old uh, when he passed away. And uh, he, he had already done so much. 
for the MMA community. I also remember that he was also part of the Amazing Race uh, competition for Canada. So he did that a while ago. I believe it was uh, six or seven years ago, if I'm not mistaken. But he also did that. So uh, he definitely had that warrior mentality and he wanted to he was very competitive, but he always wanted to compete in a in a healthy way. And, uh, you know, that's that's what it's all about. But overall, he was a phenomenal human being. And I'm very sorry that um, he's not with us anymore. But I'm, I'm, I'm also happy that, you know, with the with the phenomenal person that he was, we'll always keep him in our thoughts as um, Alas Theodoro. The, uh, the the person who had so much heart and a person who fought till the till the very last minute. So rest in peace to Elias Theodoro and uh, our prayers and thoughts are with his family at this very moment. And so today I want to be dedicating this entire episode to Elias Theodoro. Rest in peace. All right, so let's talk a little bit about what happened this past weekend with UFC 279. So let me tell you chronologically how things went down. So I got back from my trip Friday night and, uh, you know, because I had to put my phone on airplane mode because I was kind of like in, in air transit for most of the time. I couldn't really catch up with all the updates that had been happening the Thursday before the, the fights, right? And then I go home. I'm kind of tired. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just going to crack open a a cold beer. And then I'm like, hey, because, you know, I just uh, I love talking about fight and MMA stuff with my with my father. And I just said, hey, dad, any updates about uh, how this card is going to go down? And on a bracket and a side bracket, uh, the the last time that I did an episode for TKO, which was two weeks ago, I I already kind of did give a small breakdown about this fight card and I said okay hopefully fingers crossed like I don't jinx it and nothing weird happens with this fight card but of course when I say it (laughs) that type of stuff happens most definitely so I said that to my dad my dad is like Janan you missed out big time there was the drama of the century literally last night and I cannot believe that you missed it I was like dad what are you talking about fill me in what is going on so he basically told me, uh, and I actually uh, later went and watched it for myself. So uh, the Thursday before fight night uh, at UFC 279, the fighters were supposed to have a press conference, and uh, they were so ready to come in, like they were literally backstage. But uh, as it is with fighters who have beef with each other outside the octagon. So we have Hamza Chamaya fighting on this card. We have Nate Diaz fighting on this card. We also had Kevin Holland fighting on this card. And what had happened was that, okay, I might be getting the story a little bit off because, I mean, obviously it was hard for the cameras to document what had actually happened backstage. But from what we were told from reputable sports uh, news outlets, the story went as uh, Hamza Chamaya's team like not just him and his like coaches, but like they they have their own entourage, right? Like these big name fighters, especially if they're they're relatively famous, they have their own entourage, they travel with their entourage. Hamza Chemayev featuring his entourage got in a fight with Nate Diaz and his entourage. 
and then Kevin Holland came along with this entourage and we had this triangle of beefing <laughs> and they started fighting each other and it was a whole brawl that broke out backstage when the press conference was happening live. So Dana White was just literally on stage waiting for the people to come in and then somebody comes in and informs Dana White. They whisper something in his ear and Dana White goes, sorry folks, I have to cancel this press conference, blah, blah, blah right? So that was not good. I mean, you know, we love it when there's uh, at least a little bit of spice and drama prior to the fights. But when it happens like this, it's just when it gets physical like this, rather, it's uh, a little bit hard to control. And I feel like in this case, Dana White was incredibly alarmed because this was actually kind of triggering to him. Uh, it probably reminded him of what had happened previously when Conor McGregor and uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov were supposed to fight each other. And then I don't know if you guys remember, this was a couple years ago. Um, uh, Conor McGregor threw an entire, I believe it was a shopping cart on uh, the bus that was carrying the fighters outside their the the arena or whatever it was but there was a physical altercation that way and he got into a bunch of legal trouble and what have you and the rest is history so that happened before um and also uh, i believe there was also some occasions that conor mcgregor when he was supposed to fight nate diaz actually they also like their their groups, their their crews actually got into altercations as well, physical altercations. There were there were like water bottles flying around, and uh, it was just it was a whole mess, right? So similar thing happened here, but it was actually worse because fists were thrown. Like this was this was an actual physical alter altercation. So Dana White was incredibly alarmed, rightfully so. And the next thing we know, so the next day would be the Friday, which is the day that the fighters will have to go in and uh, weigh in. What had happened was that, um, so, you know, that happened. Uh, everything for Thursday night happened. And then uh, on Friday morning, Hamza Chemaev was going to go in and weigh himself. And he was so incredibly overweight. He was about 10 pounds overweight. And they're telling us that uh, Hamza was actually determined to cut weight until he was 170 pounds, which is the weight limit for what he was supposed to fight at. However, the doctor came in and prevented him from cutting more weight because it was just it looked like it was not going to be healthy for him. So Hamza stopped cutting weight. So when this happened, Nate Diaz goes, I'm not going to be fighting him like this is not a fair fight. I'm, I refuse to fight Hamza Chemaev. And as you can imagine, you know, with the with the whole fight card that you've been promoting against the two guys, you really don't want to you, you still want to go ahead with the fights and you really don't want things to be messed up that way. So Dana White, I mean, I, I actually applaud him because I'm I'm happy the way that he coordinated things and revised things. Um, they all worked out. So how he. <laughs> I mean, I guess not very fair to the fighters themselves, but he definitely saved the card the way that he reorganized the, the whole fight card. What he did was he put Nate Diaz against uh, Tony Ferguson, who was also on the card, and he put Hamza Chemaev against Kevin Holland, who was also fighting on the card, right? Um, and uh, there was a whole reshuffling of the entire fight card. The only thing is that the fighters obviously haven't really prepped against their new opponents. They've been prepping against the, the opponents that they've been announced to fight against for the past two, three months. And, you know, 
what what can we really do right like they're probably gonna get if they if they were not to take the fights that were offered recently to them they would have lost the 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 whole uh, check altogether and that's definitely not something that they wanted so they i think in my opinion that's why they mainly accepted the fights another reason as to why i believe dana white was so intrigued to uh, uh, reshuffle the fights was honestly the altercation on, on Thursday night because in my opinion if the fight between Hamza and Nate were to even go ahead like that uh, you know there's very rarely that we ever have a draw in, in a, uh, a high caliber fight like that so Somebody would have lost that fight. Somebody would have won that fight. And I feel like considering the altercation that happens, th th you like guaranteed we would have had another altercation and even worse altercation breakdown or rather breakout after Saturday night, given that the, those two fighters were to still face off against one another. Right. So. I completely understand why Dana White did the thing that he did. I don't really blame him. I feel like he probably did what he thought was best to do in this case. He saved the cart nonetheless. And I, I feel like the fights were still interesting to watch nonetheless because these four fighters that I just uh, named, they're okay. Like they're great fighters, but they're not the absolute best in this weight division still. They're, they're up there. But they're not there yet, if that makes sense. So I feel like the matchup still made sense, even though they were revised and whatnot. So it made sense to me and it made sense to a lot of other people. So, you know, it was good. It was good to have. But let's talk about the fights themselves now. So <laughs> Hamza was now fighting Kevin Holland and Hamza just fought so dominantly and the way that when the bell went off in the very first round, Hamza came out with a huge takedown immediately as his very first move. And it worked. And you know what? I applaud him because that can be quite risky because sometimes if you're slow with that initial attempt to take take down your opponent, right? Um, <laughs> you know, it could be very tricky because your opponent can see that takedown coming and uh, unfortunately, they can, you know, shoot for a knee to your to your head or they can they can do something crazy. You the next thing you know, you're going to be knocked out cold on the canvas. And that's ex indeed what happened. If you re recall way back when, when uh, when uh, Ben Askren, the wrestling legend, was fighting off against uh, Jorge Masvidal and. Ben was going for a takedown. Jorge saw that and he shot for a flying knee and Ben was just out cold immediately. So Hamza was <laughs> taking a huge risk when he did that. Nonetheless, he did that, but it worked for him. And I applaud him for that uh, because he took the risk and it worked for him. And uh, he actually went for a Darce choke in the very first round and he immediately submitted Kevin Holland and uh, it was a very very dominant performance and uh, I applaud him I applaud Hamza Shamayev and uh, yeah so it'll be interesting to see what's next for him I feel like he's definitely starting to uh, grow into the new persona that he has uh, established for himself being the quote-unquote notorious person in the welterweight division he's like <laughs> the supposed new bad guy in town if you will 
Which I mean, you know, whatever works for him. But I, Joe Rogan actually, the Joe Rogan, the the commentator, the UFC commentator, actually said something very interesting to him when he was interviewing him at the end of the fight. He said, "Well, Hamza, like, you know, if, if you do want to get a title shot, you do have to make weight for that. You understand that, right?" And uh, Hamza, I feel like he he realized it, but he didn't really have a comeback to that. So he just kind of uh, went on to talk about how he's there to. To smash opponents, blah, blah, blah. Which, I mean, good for him. Good on him. But I do get Joe Rogan's point, And I feel like maybe it would be better for Hamza. Because, yeah, he was really struggling to cut down to 170 pounds that night. So I feel like, okay, even if the 170-pound uh, uh, title doesn't work for him, he can easily move up the weight division. Because he, he's tall enough. And he has the the physique for a middleweight um, uh, uh, fighter division. Excuse me, what did I just say? For to be a middleweight fighter, <laughs> yeah, okay, that makes more sense. And uh, yeah, I feel like it would be very exciting for him to move up a weight division potentially and to explore fights in that new weight division because it, it, it works better for his uh, weight that way and it's healthier for him, right? So I'm really excited to see what's next for Hamza. But to briefly talk about what happened between Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson, um, it wasn't a fight that would necessarily wow me, if that makes sense. But I feel like both fighters did enough to like did enough to their maximal capacity as fighters as they are right now, because you have to admit neither neither fighter is at their prime right now. But nonetheless, they gave it their all. And uh, Nate Diaz actually was able to submit uh, Tony Ferguson. And interestingly enough, people actually pointed this out that he submitted Tony Ferguson at two minutes and nine seconds left to the round, which is two oh nine, which is his uh, hometown area code for Stockton, California. And that was kind of surreal. So, uh, you know what? Shout out to him. Shout out to Nate Diaz. Um he did what he had to to win this fight, but also shout out to Tony Ferguson. I feel like he also did his absolute best to to stay in this fight, and uh, we still love him. We still love Tony Ferguson. He's always so exciting to watch. All right, but uh, other than that, I wish we had more time to talk about some of the other fights that happened on this UFC 279 fight card, but all, all I'm going to say is it was very interesting to watch, even with all the controversies that happened. Sometimes we need that. We need that. I don't know, yearly, six months, uh, what's what's the word? Like half a year dose of drama in the UFC. It's, it's just needed sometimes. But anywho, um, I now really want to switch uh, tracks and talk a little bit about boxing. So I'm so excited that we're finally getting this Canelo Alvarez and Triple G trilogy fight. Uh, it's been long overdue. Very much long overdue. Uh, I'll give you a very brief history of the two fighting. So when Gennady Golovkin and uh, Canelo Alvarez fought previously, they were both on their absolute prime. The best fighters that they could possibly be. And so um, this was a time that Gennady Golovkin was absolutely killing it as the middleweight champion. And uh, Canelo Alvarez was making his way up there, just mo having moved up many weight divisions from the welterweight division to go out there and, and dominate weight divisions, right? So these two fought two times, once in uh, 2017, in which it was a very close fight, in my opinion. 
However, the the fighters, uh, or rather the judges, gave it a draw to the fight. So nobody really won that fight. Even though I think Gennady Golovkin could have easily been awarded or rewarded the decision that fight. Fast forward a year after 2018, that was also a very, very exciting fight. The far, the, the excuse me, the fight was even closer, but they gave the fight to Canelo uh, uh, Alvarez majority decision. So they did admit that both times, I mean, with the, the, with the majority decision, that too tells you that the judges still saw it as a very, very incredibly close fight. You know what? I feel like the the dispute was never really settled, even from that majority decision win for Canelo. And right now is the best time for us to be settling the beef between the two guys, especially because it's already been four years and so much has happened. Gennady Golovkin has uh, redeemed himself in a couple of the comeback fights that he's had. And... uh, Canelo Alvarez, uh, on the other hand, though, he was doing really well until his most recent fight in the light heavyweight division against Dimitri Bivol. Uh, having lost that fight, uh, which was the first fight that he had lost since 2013 in the fight that he he had lost initially against Floyd Mayweather. So that was pretty interesting. But, you know, all these factors put together, I think this fight is going to be very, very incredibly exciting to watch. We're going to be talking about it in more detail on our episode next week. Um, but unfortunately, I'm looking at the clock right now. That is all the time we're going to be having for this week. Make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with previous episodes. You can also download our episodes at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And until next time, it's your girl, John Nan, right here. And this is TKO. Peace out. Peace out.